0: So I'm not sure um, how many people have seen Alzheimer's brains before. Um, You can see here the tremendous atrophy. So you get a shrinkage of the brain and therefore the spaces where the spinal fluid are actually shows, for example, the ventricles, you can see that they actually get bigger. And one point to note here is right here, you can see this is a little region within the pons that's in your brain stem. Uh, and this area uh, is actually called the locus ceruleus, which basically means um, the area of blue. Um, and you can see the darkness here. And this is what actually goes first in Alzheimer's. And this is the area that sends out projections of norepinephrine. So it's like the adrenaline for your brain. One of the reasons why probably when you see people with Alzheimer's, they're often a little slow. They're often looking around for answers. They're, they're slowed down. So you lose very early on, and you can see here, if you look at the bottom here, you can actually see the loss in that blueness and that darkness uh, of that particular uh, region, the locus ceruleus and the pons. Um, Then of course, entorhinal cortex, this is area critical for memory. These are all beginning to degenerate then uh, ultimately uh, much of the cerebral cortex. And if you look at the pathology under the microscope, First thing, of course, this is all related to synapse loss. And that's the most important thing that's happening in Alzheimer's disease. You are losing the connections. You have about 500 trillion synapses in your brain. So you have a remarkable supercomputer inside your brain. These are beginning to be lost as you develop Alzheimer's disease. And in association with that, you see three things that are striking within the brain. The first thing is you see this accumulation right here of, this is called amyloid, and this is largely related to a single peptide that we'll talk about and why that is important, but why it's not the only thing that's that's driving Alzheimer's. And when it's been talked about as the cause of Alzheimer's, there's far, far more going on than just amyloid in Alzheimer's disease. The second thing you see here, these are called neurofibrillary tangles. And what they look like is someone took a nice big neuron and shrank it down and filled it with this dark substance, which is exactly what happened. You have phospho and we'll talk more about phospho in a few minutes and what you can do about it. And the third thing here is that you see inflammation, and it's especially activation of the innate immune system and especially the memory part of the innate immune system. And that's critical because when you have a response, normally what happens, of course, is you initially have inflammation, you have activation of your innate immune system. That's the evolutionarily older part of your immune system. And then literally it hands off to your adaptive system. So now you're coming up with your B cells and T cells. These are the ones that are more specific that are gonna now root out the pathogen and get rid of it. And this actually then turns down the innate, turns off the inflammation, clears the pathogen, and then you reset. The problem is COVID-19 and Alzheimer's actually have something in common. In both of these cases, you activate the inflammatory part but you don't get enough activation of the innate part of of the uh, adaptive part to clear the pathogen. So either because for example, you're in ill health as we know with COVID-19. So people then continue to have this activation of the innate system and what happens? They die from cytokine storm. In Alzheimer's, the same story, but instead of cytokine storm, it's cytokine drizzle. You have this chronic activation for decades of the innate immune system, and your your adaptive system is failing to clear this, either because you have had continued exposure to things, that's one common reason, or because you're in poor health overall, or many other reasons that we'll talk about in just a few minutes. So this is the problem, and we need to address this as early as possible. So as I said earlier, the key issue is, what is it? What is Alzheimer's? This has been the problem, trying to develop a drug to get rid of Alzheimer's without understanding what Alzheimer's actually is really makes no sense, but that's what's been going on for decades. There is no agreement, interestingly, among the experts on the disease. The epidemiologists show us many risks from early menopause. If you have have an early, for example, Um, If you have an early oophorectomy at the age of 40 or younger and you don't have hormone replacement, you double your risks for Alzheimer's. Even though the Alzheimer's comes many years later, you actually double the risk. Low vitamin D, herpes simplex, insulin resistance, hypertension, metabolic syndrome. These very, very different risk factors are all risk factors for Alzheimer's disease. I mentioned the pathology just a minute ago. The genetics over 50 associated risk genes they are now actually closing in on a hundred different risk genes. The most common one is APOE4. And so it's something we should all know. We should all know our genetic risk. And interestingly, recently a geneticist said she would not want to know her genetic risk because there's nothing you can do about it. As I'll show you today, nothing could be further from the truth. We should all know our risk and we should all get on active treatment or prevention. Microbiology, interesting. There are many pathogens that have been associated with Alzheimer's uh, from things like P. gingivalis uh, from poor dentition, T. denticola, herpes simplex from the lip, uh, HHV6A, which comes in through the sinuses, uh, Lyme disease, spirochetes, uh, other tick-borne illnesses, um, various fungi, candida. All of these things have been associated with Alzheimer's disease, but it's not just one, and that's been the problem. And then finally, the translation, you know, what, what happened? This represents a field of greatest medical failure. Why has there been such failure? If you come in with Alzheimer's, if you come in with ALS, if you come in with frontotemporal dementia, the doctor will tell you there's nothing you can do. So let's to develop a treatment. Let's look at what you'd wanna do in an optimal situation. And let's look at, you know, what do we need to look at? So people have said many different things about what this is. People have spent their whole careers working on the idea that this is just about amyloid. Let's get rid of the amyloid. And you've, as I showed you a few minutes ago, you get rid of the amyloid, it doesn't make you better. Um, it may slow your decline just a little bit, but it doesn't really make you better. Uh, some people believe this is all about tau. Others that it's prions, type three diabetes, chronic herpes simplex, on and on and on. None of these has led to an effective treatment.